Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you, God, for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you, God, just for those that have taken time out of the schedule to hang out with us today and to worship and honor you. Father, we just want to just thank you also for the opportunity to acknowledge all that you have done in our lives through the uh, participation in the Lord's Supper or communion. We just thank you, God, just for how you've had this plan so wonderfully laid out. And as we look into your word today, God, and begin to understand how much you love us, we ask that your word will permeate our very being and that it will become a substantial part of how we live, we act, and react, and that you will be glorified in all things. We thank you. We honor you for it. In your son Jesus' name, we give you the glory. And in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're starting a new series, uh, a four to five week series, depending on how we how we do. We're going to be going to Nehemiah. That's one of the books in the Old Testament. And uh, Nehemiah, the first chapter. Starting at the fourth verse through the eleventh verses. Nehemiah the first chapter, the fourth through the eleventh verses. Nehemiah, first chapter. Starting at verse number four, we are going to be using the English Standard Version today as we do this journey through these scriptures. Nehemiah, one and four says, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, oh, Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants. Confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you, even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes and the rules that you commanded your servant. Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O oh Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now I was cupbearer to the king. Let us jump into this and look at what Nehemiah is all about. 
And then I want to do a quick little correlation between the children of Israel and us today. Nehemiah is, again, one of the books written in the Old Testament. And the backdrop is that Israel was, if we remember, was selected by God to be his representative on the earth. He said that I just want you to be an example of how a relationship with me will work for the other country, for the other nations so that they will come to me. But the people of Israel thought that being like the other nations was more important than being like God. Having another man over them instead of God over them became what they desired. And going down that same path then caused them to repeatedly fall away further and further and further from God. Now, how many of us have ever heard somebody, especially a parent, say, if you do something, then this is going to happen. If you don't clean your room, then you're going to be on a punishment. And then we get mad at our parent when we're on a punishment for not cleaning our room. The other thing that we have to realize when we're dealing with this situation is that we point out the parents enforcing what they declared, but all the time forget about our part in causing the parent to do what they declared. And so as we look into this, we see how the children of Israel looked at the situation that they were going through. They were saying that God has forsaken us. But as we look at what Nehemiah is declaring in here, he is saying Moses told us that this was going to happen. Moses said that if we forsake what God has told us, then we are going to be scattered. And that's what happened. You had Nebuchadnezzar come through and take out all the Israelites and the Jews and just pulled everybody up out. He left a little contingent, but he pretty much pulled everybody out. And then as time went on and different rulers started taking over, we come up to Cyrus and Cyrus decided, I'm just going to allow the folks to go back to where they came from. Never had been done like that before, but that's how Cyrus decided to do it. Now, I do want to point out that Daniel said that Cyrus was going to do this, but they wasn't listening to Daniel at the time, so they didn't understand that it was going to happen. That's a good quick little side note. So as things went on, Cyrus said, you can go back to your country. You can go back and establish yourself, but understand that you are under my rule. And so We've had three iterations of the Jews returning back to the promised land to rebuild it. And when Nehemiah occurs, this is the third iteration of these Jews going back to their promised land. And 
Nehemiah happened to be sitting outside and his brother comes by who's already been to the promised land. He says, hey, man, what's going on in the promised land? He said, man, it's a rough, bad situation. Ain't nothing happening. The walls are torn down. The walls represented the strength of the city. It's just it's just a dire, dire situation. And when we get to look over Nehemiah's shoulder at what he's writing, that's when we hit that fourth verse. And it talks about how distraught he was or how distraught he is because he has heard that the city of God is not rebuilt and that everything is in a desolate situation. It says that he mourned for days and he fasted and prayed and he began to intercede. Not only, I, 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 I definitely want us to understand this, he not only was interceding for them, but he was interceding for himself. He was saying, Lord, you know, me and my fathers, we have sinned against you. It's none of us are safe from violating what you have decided or declared for us to do. He says, but God, you said that if we will turn our back towards you, that you will redeem us back to the place that you have called us. And so as we look at how Nehemiah is strategically operating, he's looking through the history and seeing Moses said if we did this, that this was going to happen. Prophets have come and said if we do this, this will happen. And as you start looking at this, you see how God did just what he said he was going to do if you did what he told you not to do. But the contingency of this was that God said that if you ask me to forgive you, I will forgive you and I will return you. And so as we do this correlation that I was talking about is that a lot of us have run into a situation where things have happened to us, where our walls that establish the strength of who we are have been destroyed. They have been uh, ransacked. They have been decayed because of lack of maintenance and because of this very reason we are in this same type of state that the children of Israel were in when they were trying to get back in the right position with God there are many ways that folks have come up with for us to get the balance that we need we talk about self-care today we talk about doing this maintenance so that we can be all right with ourselves. But as we go through those processes and trying to establish what is right with ourselves, there always seems to be this little piece that's missing. It's very difficult to try to explain to the creator of a thing the reason that the creator created what he created. Now, my point is, if I create, let's say, this object, and I say the purpose of this object when I created it is this, and then you get that object and says, no, the purpose that you created it was this, you don't know because you're not the creator. 
But when you try to convince yourself that you know more than the creator, guess what? You begin to misuse the object and then it doesn't perform like it's supposed to. A lot of us have gone through that same type of thing. Like the children of Israel, they get there to the land, but they don't have the motivation. They don't have what is necessary because they have not made the right connection to ensure that everything will go well. So I see why Nehemiah is in this state. Because if you remember the last couple of words of the uh, areas that we read, Nehemiah 1, 4 through 11, he says he's the king's cupbearer, which means he's in a very prestigious position and he just can't walk away and go and help his brothers and sisters. Sometimes we allow who we are or who we think we are to stop us from achieving or being what God has told us to be or achieve. When we're walking through this and we're looking at this, there's some points that he brings up. The first point is that he felt bad. Not only but he felt sorrowful that people were going through this. Sometimes we need to not look at ourselves in this manner of looking down on ourselves saying I'm in a bad state, but saying because I'm not totally connected with God, I'm in a very vulnerable state. And he brings up to God, he says, God, you are the God that has made these commandments. You have said your word has been proven true. And I want to bring back up to you what you have already declared. Paul said it simply like this. He says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved, rescued, delivered. If you call on the name of the Lord. But what do we allow to stop us from calling upon the name of the Lord? Do we allow our pride? Do we allow our friends? Do we allow our circumstances? God can't accept me because I'm in this position. But if you call upon the name of the Lord, he will rescue you. He will deliver you. And so as he looks and is going through this, he's caught, going back to his memory bank. And he's calling out, God, you said this and you said, if we do ask for forgiveness, that you will forgive us. If we cry out to you, that you will answer our cry. And if you and, and if we turn our eyes away from the things of this world and focus on you, that you will show up and redeem us from the hand of ourselves and our enemies. I like to point that out that sometimes we like to blame the enemy for something that we did ourselves. And we kind of say, like I, I, I was telling a group, I said, you know, Flip Wilson made a lot of money on that saying the devil made me do it. But a lot of times it's us out of our own lust, our own desires who pull away and we transgress against 
God. So if we are in this condition where we are feeling that we are separated, where we are no longer connected, where we are isolated, God says it's a simple little thing. He says, if you call on me, I will answer. And if I answer, I'm going to show you great and mighty things. So all of this that Nehemiah is bringing out is this is how, this is what we have to do in order to get back in the right position with God. If you ever looked at or were able to do a, a dissection of a mighty tree, a tree that is high up in the earth, high up in the sky, and we were able to dig down to the lowest of its roots, we will discover that a lot of times the root system is deeper than the height that is above ground. And so my point in bringing that up is sometimes the foundation of a good building, not sometimes, the foundation of a good building always is deeper, stronger than what is above the ground. And what Nehemiah is working out in this Nehemiah, the first chapter 4 through 11, he is establishing this foundation, this this what I'm going to stand upon as I go forth in order to accomplish what God has for me to accomplish. He confessed to God that he knew he was transgressing. He re referenced the word of God saying that you said if we did this that this was going to happen. But you also put a contingency into that. And then he asked God for redemption in this situation. Now, I don't want to go into next week, but I just want to want to note that he was able to once he established his foundation with God. The scripture that goes through my mind is the fact where Jesus said, if you pray in secret or pray without being in front of a lot of people, have this relationship, this come communication with God where it's just you and him. He'll actually give you the reward in front of everybody. And so the foundational things are those things that are not done out in front of the public. The foundational things are those things that are done when nobody else is looking. And so what Nehemiah is doing, he's establishing this foundation. And if you go on into the second chapter, you'll see that because he established his foundation, he could go before the king and the king not only told him to go, but gave him letters of authority, gave him money, gave him materials, gave him everything that he needed because he didn't go in there talking about, you need to let me go help my people. He establishes this foundation. And so my final point, the point that I want to lead us to is that if we have transgressed against God and we repent, he will restore. If we have transgressed against God, fallen short, done something that we know that he has told us not to do, 
if we repent, which means I am going to go in a new direction than what I was going previously, God will restore. I know it's not, I could probably think of some theologically multisyllable words to describe it, but I just think it's just best to say, if we repent, he'll restore. If we repent, he will restore. If he call upon the name of the Lord, he will answer and show us great and mighty things. He that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. There are so many provisions that God has given us that it enables us to stay in a restorative uh, position with God because he knows that we are going to slip. But he loves us enough to provide us with a way to make it back to him. If you Repent, he will restore. If you repent, he will restore. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that just like you restored the nation of Israel and used Nehemiah to become that final push to cause everything to fall into order. We thank you that we can reflect upon that and we can do self-evaluation and that we can repent of regarding our shortcomings and you will restore us and that you will reward us and that you will cause us to be that beacon, that vessel of honor. So we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you that it has fallen upon the good soil of our hearts and that it will grow up to be like a mighty oak. We thank you this day for all things. In Jesus' name, amen.